All right. This is Amy, uh, Live Conversations with Dr. Amy. We're here for another conversation. Let's have a conversation with Miss Heather Claus. She's my guest today. She is a love and relationship coach. Um, she's coming from Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, her main focus is coaching um, intimate partners and also establishing healthy boundaries, which uh, the title of this episode We're going to go into a little bit of recognizing red flags and also how we can create healthy boundaries. So I will let Miss Heather um, introduce herself a little bit more. How are you doing today, Heather? (laughs) I am great. Thank you so much for having me. This is so much fun. Thank you for joining me. So a little bit about me, I guess. Um, Hi, my name is Heather. My pronouns are she, her. I am an author and a coach um, helping people Uh, create the most amazing life uh, that they can create and find the partner or partners that they are looking for. And if they're already in a relationship, I work with individuals in relationships and and with couples to um, uh, figure out where they are now and then how do they get to where they want to be together. And uh, I just, I firmly believe that love is a skill. In fact, I believe love, sex, and romance are skills, and anyone can learn them. And that's what I write about. It's what I talk about. It's what fills me with joy to see out in the world. Yes, that's beautiful. Wow, I like when you said love, sex, and romance. I was like, oh, that's a good title, too. (laughs) (laughs) That's some good stuff right there. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, so let's go into some of your methods with coaching. When you're coaching, do you usually coach the couples as a together? When I get take on a couple, what I usually like to do is I like to have a meeting with the two of them. And then mm-hmm. I do one at a time for four sessions. So two sessions for each. And then I have a meeting with the two of them and so on. So that way we get the opportunity to talk with them working together, collaborating on the conversation, or in some cases, not so much collaborating on the conversation. And I get a chance to interact with them separately so that they can speak more freely and talk about their frustrations. And we can look at the ways that they see each other from their own perspectives. And then we come back together after we've taken some action steps and we start that process all over again. So the idea is to keep them moving forward towards the individuals and the couplehood they would like in their lives. Okay, so I did a dating episode, dating in 2023. And I haven't had much luck dating. Um, I've never been married. I do desire to get married. And I, I still have that hope. So what would you say to somebody like me that is like have challenges dating or other people that's listening? What would you say to them to encourage them? Well, first of all, yes, absolutely. I encourage you. I mean, there's usually a dating. Dating is also a skill, right? Like it's not even just, you know, being yourself. It's be it's being able to market yourself to the people that are going to be the best fit for you. Um, I've been in and out of the dating world uh, since the early 2000s. I actually used to, 
hang out in the pickup artist community. I used to write for some of them. Um, I've been on websites and forums and I've created dating sites and dating apps and I've worked on them and I've, you know, done all the things. And I've taught classes on um, building your better profile. And what I truly believe is a combination of a good profile that really um, portrays who you are as a person in both positive and potentially negative ways, but with a positive outlook on them Um, and setting good boundaries through the dating process is the key because we have a tendency, especially when we're in a bit of a dry spell, we have a tendency to sort of let things slide from people. And sometimes that means that we then end up hanging out with the wrong people And sometimes it means we end up hanging out with potentially right people, but in the wrong way, which then makes them the wrong people, right? Because what we're trying to do in dating, especially with someone like yourself, who was potentially dating with an eye towards marriage or long term. Intentional. Yes, intentional. And we want to rise to the occasion. We want to make sure that the standards are clear and that we're both happily engaging in those standards. Do you recommend, cause you know, I've done online dating and I'm at the point now, I'm just like, Lord, I think you just want me to be single for the rest of my life. But um, do you believe that, the, um, that we should like on the first date, tell a person my end goal is marriage, I'm dating with intention or just, have just a good conversation on the first date. I would have that actually as part of my profile. I believe in writing a profile that allows people to self-deselect as quickly as possible, but also that has the tidbits that is going to attract the person who is going to want me in their lives versus somebody else. Like a lot of people write profiles with like, you know, I like long walks on the beach and puppies and kittens and, you know, like none of that stuff is going to matter to your life, right? Who you are as a person, what are your values? What is important to you? What are, what are your non-compromisables? And if you're not like me and you're a little bit, you know, on the neuro spicy scale, saying things like, you know, I don't think like other people, I tend to be more direct and using assumptions and engaging with me in conversation isn't going to work. I lay stuff like that out there and I'm pretty clear about it. And the people that have a tendency to respond then tend to fall into two categories. One, the people who just look at the pictures and don't read the profile at all. And they're very obvious, right? Because they're like, well, what are you here for? Oh, so you didn't read the profile. Exactly. (laughs) And then the other side are the people who read the profile, did not Mm self-deselect, right? And they are interested in what is in the profile. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I'm guilty of some of that. We all are. Like, so here... Here's my story. Here's how I like started figuring all this out. I got married at um, 23 after dating my then husband for four years. I ended up being with him for a total of 15 years, married for 11. And it was, he had um, BPD 
and he became an alcoholic and he became emotionally abusive. And so when I finally left that marriage for the first year, I spent the year pretty much entirely alone, not doing anything except grocery shopping and, you know, work and stuff like that, but didn't hang out with friends. I spent time looking at my past relationship and saying, how the heck did I allow that to happen? I'm a strong woman with an independent streak and like, I, you know, like, I, and it still happened to me. So how about let's look this over and don't do that again. After that year, that was also when I first started like really focusing in Unbound. The next year I got on dating apps and this was like mid 2000s, right? So like, this is when the heyday of dating apps. So I got on dating apps and I put up a profile. It was fairly generic, long walks on the beach, puppies and kittens, yada, yada, yada. And I literally said, I will go on a date. And I didn't say this in the profile, but I said this in my head. I will go on a date with anyone who asks me who doesn't creep me out because I wanted to learn what I wanted and what I didn't want. And I wanted to see what was out there. So I was friendly. I was upbeat. If somebody asked me out, I went out with them. And during that next year, I went on 127 first dates. Oh, wow. And I learned a heck of a lot about how people read my profile and what they assumed about me from my words. I learned a lot about how I made assumptions reading their profile or talking to them back and forth and filling in the gaps in my head with like good things, right? So I learned a lot through that. And um, yeah, and so I've sort of continued all of that through the years engaging with people, learning more and so on. And I am also ethically non-monogamous. So I have been partnered with um, the most amazing human I have ever known in my entire life for um, just over 10 years. And I still have the opportunity to meet new people, go out, get to know them, see if the sun, moon and stars will align in the ways that we both want and Mm -hmm. take it from there. But I do have, you know, my one part at home that is, like I said, the best human I have ever known in my life. Wow, okay. And y'all have the established, y'all don't want to be married. Um, We've talked about it a little bit, but it's not really on our plates for me. And this is, this is something that, you know, like in my past marriage, he's had two past marriages. I've had one. We've both had some experiences that were like not so pleasant for us. And what we've got is really working. We appreciate each other every moment of every day. We share affection. We are passionate after over a decade. You know, we write each other love notes and we give each other cute little gifts. And we, you know, sit here and our friends look at us and they're like, you guys are just too cute. It's weird. (laughs) And so that works. We don't really see a need to change that just to, you know, focus in on tradition. Um, With a different person, I might feel a a, a completely different way. You know, for me, it's I am so totally and completely head over heels in love with this man. And I feel the same thing from him. So Mm -hmm. the idea of marriage just seems like a complication. Yeah. But that said... I work with a lot of married people and I feel that marriage has value, right? Like there is, it's it's part of a belief system. Mm -hmm. And if that's a positive belief system for somebody, then that's something that needs to come into play. Like I'm non-monogamous, but I work with monogamous people. 
right? My belief system helps determine how I live. Your belief system needs to guide your own light. And that's the part that we have to like project forward and say, who am I in my best life? And then how do I act my best life right now in order to make all that happen. Yeah, and you don't force your belief on someone else. You, oh, like no. you say. No, no, okay. no. In, in fact, I had, a, I had a client meeting today and my client said, oh, you know, well, I did this thing and I was, you know, in my head, I was worried about what you might say. And I said, oh dear, let me, let me, let me tell you something. Don't ever use me as a voice for shame in your head. I do. This is this is absolutely a hard limit for me. I am here to give you perspectives, to offer you options, to tell you what could be possible in the world and then to answer your questions. I am not here to tell you what to do because I'm not you. Right. This is this is we are moving forward with love and acceptance and, you know, authenticity. That shame, that cannot be my voice in your head. Do not do that. Definitely. That's good. So once we're dating, (laughs) um, we're out here, I find that person. How do we recognize some of these red flags that we hear about? Like breadcrumbing, love bombing, gaslighting. Tell us how, I mean, men and women can do it. I know we hear a lot, you know, from men, but I know both genders can you know, do these manipulation techniques. So anyone, regardless of gender, can do these things and they can do them either consciously or subconsciously or unconsciously. And what I mean by that is when people do these things, it's always intentional. All manipulation is intentional in the sense that they have learned that doing this thing will get them more of what they want. Now, they don't necessarily think of it consciously as a bad thing or a mean thing they are doing right so I I like to take I like to say red flags are red flags they don't necessarily mean toxicity they are Mm -hmm. just behaviors that we have to be aware of so let's take love bombing for example so love bombing is a tactic in which someone shows you extreme displays of attention and affection, right? Mm -hmm. So they might make grand romantic gestures, give you extravagant gifts, compliment you a lot. And one of the things that you can really start to see is these people who come on strong in the dating world and they're, they're, hey, beautiful, Like that's their first message. Hey, beautiful. Um, You know, given that compliment and trying to create a sense of intimacy and affection that is not yet appropriate for the conversation or for how well you know each other, um, they make soulmate claim. They tell you that you're too good to be true. They talk about the future very quickly and this is so easy to fall for because who doesn't have those thoughts when you're really trying to find that person right and the challenge is love bombing is often seen as like this malicious or malevolent tactic right it's 
I'm going to get this out of them by doing all these things and manipulating the way they feel about me. And I'm going to, some people are just super enthusiastic at the beginning, right? That's just their nature. There's a song by Cole Porter that said, um, if we'd have been aware of that, our love affair was too hot not to cool down, right? Like this is, this is time immemorial. People have been this way. Some people are just super excited to get to know you. And then once things start to settle, they aren't all that interested anymore. There's actually a term for it, phrase sexuality, where people are super passionate and turned on by new people. Mm-hmm. And then not so much once you become familiar. So, wow. And it's that's how you necessary. can tell the difference between, you know, how some people say when they meet, like they just feel that connection. It's like almost love at first sight. But with Which, that, it doesn't die down. You right, should. right. And that's my, my partner and I kind of had that big bang at the beginning. I tried resisting it. I had I had reasons, but I was not able to resist it. He did not resist it. He was throwing himself like all in, you know, but when it came to the difficult parts, right, the deep conversations and the arguments and so on and so forth, trying to sort out what two lives look like together. Um, And especially because we were both trying to sort out what two lives that we didn't even know what they looked like yet because we hadn't lived the love, sex, and romantic lives that we wanted. So we were trying to like create a world that could accommodate these things together. When those things happened, he didn't run away. Exactly. Right? He didn't try to leave and neither did I. So so that's love bombing, right? Um, Gaslighting. So (laughs) gaslighting is a form of psychological manipulation. It comes from the movie Gaslight. I think it was 1944, where Mm -hmm. a man tried to drive his uh, wife crazy in order to get her inheritance. Um, And it's essentially one person attempts to sow uh, confusion and self-doubt in the other's mind. So... I might say to you, you know, I really love, you know, walking on the beach at moonlight. And so, you know, we go out on a vacation and you suggest, you know, going for a walk. And I'm like, but it's dark out there. And you're like, you said you love walking on the beach at moonlight. Look, it's a beautiful moonlit night. Yeah. What? Where did you even get that? You're always coming up with like these crazy ideas. Right. And then you're like. You, you you said it. I would never say anything like that. What are, you, are you feeling okay? <laughs> you question yourself like, oh, oh yeah, right? That And that is an incredible form of invalidation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it, it takes you down to your, your barest core and just lays you out you know ready to be stomped on it's it's super awful but i mean it's even things like you know just in conversation you know like you just why did you call me that i didn't call you you're insane i didn't say anything like that mm-hmm. why would you even why would you accuse me of that do you do you want to break up is that what you're trying to do you're trying to break up with me by by accusing me of all these things wow yeah <laughs> Yeah. Gaslighting is absolutely 
you know, not fun at all. Um, so, you know, they might, you say, hey, this really upset me. And they say, you're overreacting, right? Or you were really mean to me in there. Well, I wouldn't have to be so mean if you would just behave yourself. Denial, I've already talked about. Um, Deflection. Hey, um, you know, that thing you said about X. Oh, yeah? Well, what about that thing you said five minutes before to my best friend that really hurt me and embarrassed me? Right? Completely deflecting away. All signs of gaslighting. Right? And then the other one you mentioned is breadcrumbing. So breadcrumbing is usually in a, um, it's over a period of time. And it's mm-hmm. when somebody gives the other person small tidbits of interest to keep them around. Maybe because um, they don't want them right now, but they don't want them to go away either. Right? Mm-hmm. Keep access. Um, yeah, they, you know, I mean, if I'm bored next Tuesday, maybe I'll call you. So I'm going to send you a text every now and again in the meantime. But I'm not really going to engage with you because that's not what I want. So that's breadcrumbing. The thing about every single one of these red flags is that they rely on you having poor boundaries. They rely on you being willing to accept less than you deserve. They rely on you giving not only the benefit of the doubt, but being willing to stomp on your own needs in a relationship in order to keep somebody else around. And if you have good boundaries, Like the minute that somebody comes into my inbox and starts like, hey, beautiful, I would really love to get to know you, you know, then my response might be, hey, thank you so much. I'm flattered. Please don't call me beautiful. Like we're not at a stage where, you know, that kind of like pet name really works. If you could call me Heather until we get to know each other and we can come up with something that's maybe more personal to both of us, that would be lovely, right? And so the right answer is, oh, absolutely. Thank you so much, Heather. I appreciate that. So how has your day been? Right? Mm -hmm. But that's not always the answer we get. Sometimes we get, okay. And And then then you'll hear from them again. Right? Which Mm -hmm. is also a great answer because you know what that tells you? That tells you they don't like you with boundaries sometimes you get well i was just trying to give you a compliment you'd think you'd be happier about this also a great answer because that tells you they also don't like you with boundaries and they will argue with you about your boundaries and then there's the real big baddie who will say something along the lines of, well, I didn't really mean it. You're not really all that beautiful. I was just trying to be nice. You see you next Tuesday, which is also Mm. a good answer because that tells you exactly who they are, right? So that's one of the things I talk about in dating is the technique of when you're engaging with people online or in person, start with no. Set those boundaries early and often. Because right up front. Even when you haven't even met them. Just start absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Get in the habit. And it's also really low stakes 
when you haven't met them, right? Yeah. Like you don't know them. You didn't know them five minutes from ago. You won't know them for five minutes from now. Everything is hunky dory, right? Exactly. You know they're out of your life. Excellent, right? Lose anything. Gaslighting. You can say, you know what? This is how I I've handled it. So. Um, my partner doesn't have a great memory. Um, one of his his challenges is that not only does he not have a great memory, he is super emotional. So he will say things in the heat of the moment that he means absolutely in that moment and won't mm-hmm. remember a week later. So the first time this happened and he was like, I didn't say that. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely did. Now, here's what could have happened. You might have said it. And at the time, you know, you were doing this big expansive thing and it just sort of came out as an excited utterance and you don't remember, but here's how I planned around that. And this is what's important to understand is when you say things, I'm going to take them as truth because I have a really good memory. So, and he's like, yeah, I don't have a great memory. And I'm like, okay, so are you telling me now that you don't mean that or you think differently than you did then, right? And then we can go on and have a conversation. If they keep pushing back, absolutely did not say that. It doesn't mean that they are trying to gaslight you. They might literally believe they didn't say it, but that does mean that they are unwilling to collaborate with you on creating understanding, right? They have mm-hmm. to be right. Yeah. Um, uh, what are some what are some things that women do that you recognize when they love bomb a man? Have you ever seen like oh, a, yeah. a so what okay. can the men men recognize if they're I mean, being love bombed by a woman. It's going to be a lot of the same stuff. So the, the key to love bombing is not the gender. It's going to be how each individual reacts. So to love bomb me, you're going to be bringing me flowers. You're going to be sending me sweet notes. You're going to, um, you're not going to tell me how beautiful I am. You're going to tell me how much you appreciate my mind, Right. Now, with my partner, if I were to love bomb him, which I try to do every day, um, it will be (laughs) touching him. He is very touch oriented. It will be telling him how amazing he is. It will be um, paying him attention. Like when he comes in and he does something silly just to like get a little giggle out of me, it'll be paying him attention, giving him that giggle and telling him how much I love him. It'll be, um, it'll be sexy times. Sexy times are high on his list for, you know, making him feel really wanted and desired and loved. So each individual human is going to have like a different kind of set of things. Um, But usually love bombers will start out with kind of the basics. Hello, beautiful. Hello, handsome. Right. You know, I I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to go out with you. Um, I love the way you smile. I love your muscles, right? Like it's there. That's where they're going to start, and then they're going to ask questions as they get to know you and find out how to target that in. Which 
is frustrating because that's also what people who genuinely want to be able to make you happy will do. Yeah. <laughs> so frustrating, right? Um, and then breadcrumbing. Breadcrumbing is if you have good boundaries and you say, okay, if we're doing this, I've noticed that you're not like responding back to me as much as you used to. You know, what's up? And if they say, oh, I've just been crazy busy with work, you can say, okay, that's fine. How about we just set a date for next week? And over the course of the week, you know, we'll just see, you know, we, we can talk whenever. I know you're going to be super busy, but that way we're at least planning that something's going to happen. Or, okay, that's fine. When are you thinking you're going to surface, right? And then in your own mind, you set the parameters. What am I willing to put up with? How long am I willing to wait? And if they start doing that thing where you're like, ooh, a text, and then they go away, you got to recognize that in your own brain and be like, this is not enough for me. Mm -mm. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed connecting with you. And I just feel like right now we're going in two different directions and I am not a priority in your life. I wish you all the best. Yeah, and just cut it off. Yeah. That's another, I was just thinking about, um, gosh, it just came to my thought. Anyways, um, <laughs> I was reading about, will boundaries make you less lovable? So, um, that's what we're taught, right? I actually have, I actually have a chapter in my book called, It's Not Your Fault. It's mm -hmm. not your fault that you have craptaculous boundaries because we are raised to do what our parents say, to do what our teachers say, to go along, to get along. Oh, you know, and young girls, for example, well, if you keep acting like that, you're never going to find a husband, right? Yeah. Like these are the types of messages that we're given. Well, if you don't, young boys, if you don't grow up and start acting like a man, you're going to be alone for the rest of your life. You know, all of these things, we get these messages. It is not our fault. The people who love us and want us to succeed in life, our parents and, you know, friends, family, whatever, they don't know crap about boundaries either. <laughs> so they're passing mm -hmm. on what they were told and they were told wrong. So yeah. we're told that boundaries are going to make us unlovable, that they're going to make us disagreeable, that they're, but here's the thing. Most yeah, we people may lose that person. Like, I don't want to yeah. lose them. If I, if I create these boundaries and what if they but leave? Do you want to keep them if they're going to stomp all over your boundaries for the rest of your life? Oh, uh, no. That's the key, right? Mm -hmm. Boundaries. Most people think of boundaries as no, stop. I don't want that. But what they really are is they are your nose to the things you don't want and you don't and you want less of. And they are your yeses and protect the things you prioritize. Now, imagine, because we all have at least one friend in our lives or in our past who were authentically and vibrantly themselves, mm -hmm. right? Like they, they did not make apologies for who they are. They showed up with love and energy and attention. And if they said no, they meant no. And if they said yes, you knew that they were saying yes, 
right? Mm -hmm. And if they needed to lend a hand, they would lend a hand when they could. And they would mm -hmm. not use it against you later. Like, oh, I took all this time off for you. No, they were there when they could be. And when they could not be, they would say, I am so sorry, I cannot be there. I still love you, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone knows this person. They seem so full of life and energy and compassion. And they're just so sure about who they are. And it's because they have good boundaries. All those boundaries that they have are protecting who they are. So when they decide that today they are going to prioritize their time with you, they have the time to spend with you. And they have the energy to spend on you. Exactly. Those people are very lovable. I want that type of person. No, no, I mean, shows up authentic. They're authentic. Show up as that self. type of person, and that's one of the things that's so amazing. I so when I started writing my book, I did a bunch of interviews with people at various stages of their <laughs> boundaries journey because I wanted to get back to the boundaries beginner mindset. And I wanted to know what people had questions about. And every single person who is further along in their boundaries journey had one thing in common with everyone else in that end part of the journey or in that advanced part of the journey. And that is this, they said, once they started really setting boundaries mm -hmm. and encouraging the people in their lives to set their own boundaries and honoring those, they discovered that an entirely different class of people started showing up for them. Boundaries recognize boundaries. When we engage with somebody that has no boundaries, we think, oh gosh, this is going to be trouble because they're not going to be able to, to tell their feelings from my feelings. They're not going to give me the space I need. And then they're going to try to blame it on me. Mm -hmm. Right. When I say, Hey, I can't go out with you tonight. I, I need some downtime. I've been, you know, guesting on, you know, 30 podcasts this week and whatever. And I need some downtime. And they're going to try to turn that around and make you feel bad and make you feel guilty and say to other people, how you were so mean to them and you canceled all the time or whatever. So, when good boundaries people see people with poor boundaries, unless they're like our friends or our family, in which case we try to like, you know, encourage them. But we just say, oh, I don't think I can right now, right? And we step away or we reduce the conversation or we reduce how we engage with that person because our energy our emotions, our intellect, our physical selves, our sexual selves, our material things, our stuff, money, you know, whatever. And our time mm -hmm. is priority, right? Exactly. And we got to save that because otherwise people will drive us crazy. <laughs> I know I'm guilty of not setting those boundaries, but I'm getting better. Good. Even at, even at 48, I'm <laughs> it took me a while to do it, but I'm getting better and... Hey, I just, I can't put up with a lot this stage in my life. If you're Absolutely. for me, show me that you're for me. If you're not, then hey, go I away. Mean, I'm, I'm 50. I turned 50 this year and I am still 
you know, finding new boundaries and new things I need to work on and whatever. It is a never ending process. So I was thinking of, you know, when some people play them, when you're dating and you playing these games, like, oh, okay, I'm not going to text them until they text me. I'm not going to call them until they call me. That can also go along with, with boundaries. Letting that person know instead of playing those games. Yeah. Waiting on somebody to text you and, you know, like, okay, well, tell them your expectations up front. You know, I, I like I like a text every day. But then again, I've heard people say, well, you shouldn't tell people everything you want at first because that's how they can love bomb you. So it's like, what do you do? It's like, I want you to know my expectations. I like communication every day. You know, I like to talk on the phone. If you live far away, I like to FaceTime. I like to go on a date once a week. Yeah, I think that that's all valid. Um, I would put the bones of that probably in my profiles and then in sort of let it grow naturally. And if it doesn't, you know, just say something like I, I was I was um, texting with a friend of mine yesterday. Uh, he was gone all week last week. And um, since he's gotten back, he's been a little less like texty back and forth. And I was like, hey, I just want you to know. Like I said, you, I'm like, you're having a hard time, you know, getting back into the swing of things. He's like, yeah, you know, I've, I've got this, I've got this, I've got midterms. And I'm like, hey, I just want you to know that's fine. Like, we don't have that kind of thing. I'll reach out to you and I'll say hello and whatever. And we'll keep the conversation going. He's like, I can't wait to like get together and have our conversations and stuff. He's like, I am just so overwhelmed. I'm like, don't worry about it. If I have a problem, I will say something. Right now, I don't, right? Like it's, or my partner, um, you know, he will every once in a while, like go into like, he, he, he works as an architect. His firm is crazy busy. Sometimes he'll be distracted when yeah. we're together. Right. And like, sometimes that's okay because life, if it happens a lot though, that's when I say, Hey babe, you know, like come here with me, just right here. Let's, let's be together. You're super distracted. Put down the phone, quit Insta scrolling, right? Like we need, <laughs> we need this. And, or I'll say, how about we set aside a date night, right? We plan something, we make it special, just the two of us and we spend some together time right like so there are ways to say hey i i would like this right as you build the bonds of a potential relationship i don't put it all out there at the beginning but i put the bare bones in my profile right i let people respond to that we have natural conversations that flow back and forth and they learn more about me and if they learn more about me and they are not providing it, right? Yeah. If they learn more about me and they are providing it, great. But the moment that they bump up against one of my boundaries, I still need to say something like, hey, that, mm -mm. do not send me a picture of your junk without asking me, right? Yeah. Like, it's just rude. And, yeah. you know, some people will be like, oh, I'm so sorry. Some people will say, may I send you a racy picture? Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for asking. I really appreciate it. Not yet, but I will certainly let you know as soon as it's welcome, right? Or, no. 
Thank you so much for asking. Yes, please. <laughs> and if if they send me a picture of their junk and they don't ask, then I'm like, oh, you know, I really thought you were a good guy. What makes you think that that you should do this without even asking? Come on, right? And if they say, I'm really sorry, I just didn't think. Okay. There's their one ding, okay? okay? And if they pull something boneheaded like that again, like, because to me, that is a consent issue. If they pull something boneheaded on the level of consent again, then I'm like, thank you so much for the time that we've spent together. I really appreciate it. Best of luck to you and everything, right? And they don't get to do that over and over and over again. And they don't get to do it in the ways, because some people do this. I won't do that exact thing, but I'm going to do similar things. Like, Mm -hmm. no, you don't get to do that. Well, what happened? What did I do wrong? It's just not a fit. I wish you the best, right? Just, I don't, I don't need to tell you you're a grown human being and I don't need to be a part of that conversation where you try to figure out how to talk me into doing something that I've already decided I'm not going to do. Exactly. I love the way you just respectfully put it up in the conversation and respectfully dismiss the person, you know, all respect, but so much compassion for me. That's, that's yes, my goal. I like, I do, I do not try to make people feel bad about themselves. Right. You know, I might be like, really? Come on. But I don't want people to feel harmed by yeah. my words, even if they're being rude. I don't mm-hmm. want that. I just, I want out. Yes. <laughs> and they might be a perfectly fine human having a really bad day. That's fine. But they crossed enough of a boundary that I'm out. Exactly. I love it. So ladies, gentlemen, pay attention to those <laughs> compassionate, respectfully, how you, sh- you should handle those situations. Because that was good. That was real good. That's so it- what... Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say in my book, um, I actually have an entire section called Say It, where we talk uh-huh. about here are the phrases you want to master. Here's how you can say things, you know, let's plan out the conversations that we're having. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. If you want to um, discuss your book, that's out. Um, title of your book, when it came out, where can we find it? Title of my book is Take No Shit, Build Better Relationships Through Discovering, Creating, and Maintaining Healthy Boundaries in Three, Sometimes Five Simple Steps. So the steps are set it, like get right with yourself. What are your boundaries? Say it, communicate your boundaries, review it. How did that go? Right. And if it went well, then three steps is all you need. Right. If it didn't go as well as you wanted it to repeat it, have the same conversation in a different way. Maybe make sure you get their attention. Maybe be more serious this time, whatever. And then the last step five, if nothing else works, change change what you're willing to accept change how you react to things change your relationship everything is about you having the power over your own life and boundaries definitely because you know we hear a lot when people say you know you wasted this time with this person but it all boils down to exactly it all boils down to you saw those Mm -hmm. red flags You saw these manipulation techniques that they were doing. You ignored it. And you allowed it to go on. And I'm guilty of that. 
So it's like, you can't blame anybody but yourself. We, we've all done it, right? Like, and it's the same thing, even something as simple as um, you make a date to meet somebody for the first time and they don't show. Well, what I do is I say, I am willing. I am willing to go to this tea shop and to take a book with me. And if they meet me there for that hour, bonus, right? Yeah. If they don't, they don't get another chance, most likely. There's one or two exceptions. If And if they don't, I also have a good book and I'm at my favorite tea shop drinking a cup of tea. So I'm not bothered, right? Like if I give them my time and effort, it's because I do so understanding that the conversation I've already had with them makes it worth me giving them that time and effort. And if they don't show up, that is their time and effort to waste, right? If I'm going to be upset that they don't show up, then I'm not ready to give them that time and effort. Exactly. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's it's on me, right? What they do, that is their choice and their right. What I do, that is my choice and my right. Ooh, love it. I'm preaching right here. <laughs> <laughs> So what does Miss Heather has coming up in the the next year? So um, I'm working on the audio version of my book right now. And I am working on another book called, this one's going to be a smaller one. Take No Shit is a fairly large book. It's about 78,000 words. Um, But with lots of pictures and dialogue examples and questions and so on and so forth. So it's almost a workbook. The the next book I'm working in is uh, When Not If They Lie, Lies and Lying in Relationships and How to Still Live a Life Full of Love and Trust. Um, And then I have another book that is going to be a larger one, again, like the Boundaries book. And that is Actions Speak Louder Than Words or Do They? How we miscommunicate and kill our relationships with too much talking. So, um, yeah. And then I'm also working on a project with Briar Harvey over at the Neurodiverse Media Network. We just did episode one uh, yesterday. And that is the NeuroSpicy Guide to Dating, where we talk about the challenges that people who are neuroatypical have in um, dating, mating, and relating, making those connections and making them last. Okay, so what was the name of that? If people want to look at that episode? The Neuro Spicy Guide to Dating. You can find it on my YouTube channel at Curiouser. And I've also got it, if you'd like to go to my.curiouser.life on the social channel, um, I've actually got the full episode up there along with podcast episodes like this so that people can you know listen to what i have to say from different perspectives from different podcast guesting opportunities definitely that's good so that's what is your main contact for somebody to get in touch with you if they want the coaching do you do virtual coaching i do yes so it's my.curiouser.life that's where you're going to find links to my book it's where you're going to find my daily boundaries journaling app it's we're gonna you're gonna find my take no shit workshop. You're gonna find my uh, links to coaching for one on one and couple coaching, and of course that's where you can also find a contact and a social media stuff and whatever. Awesome. So, what are your encouraging words to people that are having challenges with creating those boundaries? Um, what would you tell that person? You can do it. 
you know, it's not your fault that you've had craptaculous boundaries to now. And just start with something small and fairly insignificant in order to prove to yourself that you can do it. Um, and it, I'm biased. My book is written specifically to help people go through each one of those steps. I also have, though, um, the free app. It's called Take No Asterix, 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 Asterix. You can find that from my page. And that will prompt you every day with a different boundaries question to help you learn to start thinking about boundaries. And you can keep your answers private or you can share them in our public feed and see what other people have to say about their boundaries and learn from them. Nice. This is awesome. Good. All right, y'all. If y'all want to help taking, getting these, setting these boundaries, healthy boundaries with your intimate partners, get the book. Some good stuff. Do it. You said it'll be on Audible. You'd say you're working on the Audible version? I am working on the Audible, and right now it is on Amazon, and you can actually get it on Kindle Unlimited. So if you're a Kindle Unlimited member, you got it right there. Nice, because I'm an Audible person, so I'm going to have to... I'm I'm hoping within the next couple of weeks it'll be it'll be ready. We've got some um, the recording is pretty much done. We got a little bit of editing and some uh, sound engineering to do. Okay, good, awesome. All right, well, this is another episode of Life of Conversations with Dr. Amy. Thank you, Miss Heather, for joining us today. I appreciate your time, y'all. Reach out to her, get the book. You'll be blessed. You'll know how to create those boundaries. It's a good thing, y'all. It's a good thing. All right. Thank you.